0: Welcome this morning to campus community worship here. It's great to be with you, great to be together this day, this beautiful, sunny, crisp morning. And to be able to pause and remember and acknowledge that God is God and we are not and receive the gift of that freedom. It's good to be together as a community and remember what unifies us. It's great to worship God. And I'm Forrest, if I haven't met you yet, look forward to doing that. And have a couple quick things for us. Uh, one is on this coming Sunday, uh, the 28th, in here. There's there's a program that theology department is uh, kind of leading the charge, bringing here a group from Gonzaga called Weaving Our Sisters' Sto- uh, Stories, All right? Yeah, Sisters' Voices. Sorry, and it's about women in the Bible bringing th- their stories to contemporary kind of uh, uh, questions. And it's gonna be it's it's. Enacted and, and dramatic and dance. So that'll be here on Sunday at 2 o'clock. And then, second thing is, we uh, would invite you to be a communion server on Thursdays when we take communion together. There's a sign up sheet at the back. And there, it's the amazing gift of God in Jesus that He invites us to join Him in His service in all kinds of ways. And this is one way. There's no, you don't have to be qualified a certain way. Just come if you're willing to come serve, serve us as a community, that bread and the wine. We would be delighted for you to come do that. So sign up at the back for that. And uh, this morning, as we come to our time together, we'll take a time, take a moment just to pray. And we're going to pray as we are going through this this semester journey, this journey with Peter of tasting the Lord's goodness. We're going to think of tasting the Lord's goodness and pray for that. For start, We're going to start with us. It's easy to think of us first, maybe too easy sometimes. Us, and then we'll pray outward from there to our community, our, 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 where we live, our state, our country, and our world. So let's pray for that, and we'll pray together. Lord God, thank you that you are good. Thank you that you are really good, that you are alive, that you are active, that you are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one and one in three, That your goodness is is, is, is who you are. And as we talk about tasting your goodness, we personally in this room want to and long to taste the goodness of the Lord for ourselves. To know who you are more. So today, right now, we ask that for ourselves. We could taste the goodness of who you are, God, this day. And we think of our communities where we live and our dorms, our our houses we live. And we pray for that community, that that we and our our roommates, our housemates, our dorm mates, we could, our families, we could taste the goodness of the Lord there and they around us. We pray for that now. We pray for this broader Whitworth community, Whitworth University, that we are here together. We pray for this place, for the people here, and think of maybe one or two people in particular here at Whitworth, we pray for them. They could taste your goodness in the midst of whatever's going on in their lives. We bring them to you silently, and we pray for our country, our country that is that, that this, as we move this political season and all that's going on with that. Uh, We pray this country would taste your goodness, oh Lord. And we think of uh, one situation, one question, one issue, one concern in this country. We bring it to you, Lord. Pray for your goodness to shine through in that area. And for our world... Oh Lord, a world that that so clearly needs Your goodness, Your redemption, Your redemptive work that comes out of who You are, God. We play, think of one place in this world that's in need of Your goodness to be seen and known. God, we pray for that place right now, and silently. And so, Lord God, we thank you that, that we have goodness to look to, that it's not, there's, it's, it's not hopeless. We're not hopeless. Our communities, our world is not hopeless because you are the hope of the world, that you, Jesus, have come and conquered, and because of that, we know hope and we know goodness because of you. And so, we are grateful that we can call upon and hear from the good living God. And this morning, we entrust ourselves to you to hear your word proclaimed through Mindy. We would hear what you have for us this day, gratefully. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh,
1: I'm already tangled up. Good morning. morning. All right, we're going to get right into it. We're starting um, this morning in Mark chapter 6. Verses 30 to 44. This is a account in the Bible that some of you have probably heard before, but I'd love to invite you um, to focus in and listen to it afresh and see what God has for us this morning. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them. Because they were like sheep, without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into a surrounding country and village and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat they said to him, are we are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? He said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said five and two fish. Then he ordered them all to get up, to get the people to sit down in groups of the green grass, and they sat down in groups of hundreds hundreds and, 50s. and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and all of them ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it had been a long, long day already. The disciples were incredibly tired. Send them away, Lord. We're done. They may be irritated. They might possibly have been grumpy. Maybe called compassion fatigue. Enough is enough. We've been giving all day long. Lord, send them away. But Jesus has no compassion fatigue. They say, get us out of this and he says, let's feed them. I can imagine Peter watching this, possibly rolling his eyes. Thousands of people to feed, and he says to us, how much food do we have? Peter must have thought he was crazy. Even if we had a truckload of bread, even if we had mounds and mounds of money, we would not be able to feed this whole crowd anytime soon he must have likely been paralyzed by this problem, completely overwhelmed. What are we going to do? Have you ever felt completely overwhelmed? Where you throw your hands up and say, you know what, Lord, this is too much. I cannot do this. This chasm that I am supposed to cross It's too big. This mountain that I'm supposed to climb, I don't have it in me. I'm exhausted. And by the way, I've been spending many days asking you for help, but this problem just isn't going away. I still feel depressed. I still feel alone. I cannot find the strength in me to forgive that person that you're telling me I'm supposed to forgive. There's been too much hurt. I feel stupid compared to everybody else around me. I feel like a failure most of the time. I don't have what it takes to be an RA. Somebody else would be better than me anyway. I know many times I have felt this way. I stand up here, and I have for many years, with my theology professor sitting in the audience. I went to school here back in the 90s and and Roger Moorling was one of the hardest, scariest classes that I ever took. And many days he's sitting here smiling at me. What am I doing here? Or I hear the stories of the pain going on in your lives and I think, Lord, I do not know. This is too much. So Peter may be saying, you know what, Lord? Too much. But what Peter is doing is overlooking the fact that the God of the universe, the God that has created us, that has created life, that has created bread, is sitting right there. He overlooked him how dismal our life's problems can become when we don't see Jesus in the midst of it. Because if we do see him in the midst of the problem, he typically looks back at you and says, what do you got? How many loaves do you have? I got nothing, Lord. And he tells us, keep looking keep looking so peter probably said we got nothing barely enough to feed matthew we don't have anything here (laughs) they scrounge together five loaves and two fish and they come to him this is totally inadequate we got nothing and jesus says that's pretty good that's something These absolutely unqualified, uninformed, overwhelmed disciples bring scraps, a couple sardines maybe, and Jesus looks on it and smiles and affirms it and somehow says, your scraps can be a feast. Your inadequacies are adequate. Your mustard seed faith can move mountains he says. Because this promise that he makes to us is that if our heart breaks for the same thing God's heart breaks for, that miracles will happen. Jesus looked upon these crowds and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. His heart broke for them. They were hungry. They needed him. And he was moved to act. There's a ginormous problem in front of him. And he invites us to help him feed the world. He takes these scraps and he blesses them and he hands them to the disciples and he pushes the disciples out. And that's when the multiplication starts to happen. I can't tell you how many days that I sit here on on campus with students who say, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. I don't know what to major in. I'm completely paralyzed. And so often in these conversations, when we really start to process what you wanna do, where you wanna find meaningful work, it's usually not embedded in what makes the most practical sense, where I'm gonna make the most money, what's the most comfortable. Usually what sparks interest is when people start to discover what makes their hearts break. And that is where your passion lies. I will never forget a few summers ago, I think it was the summer of 2012. It was July. And two Whitworth students came to my house. And they said, Mindy, we really need to talk to you. And we went outside and we sat on my back patio and I said, you guys, what is going on? And they were deeply troubled. They had just heard of some sex trafficking um, that was happening just five miles from our campus. Police had come in and raided this put-together brothel right here in Spokane, that there were many, many young girls that were being trafficked in our own backyard. And they started to tell me about the stories. They had read all the articles. They had done all of this research, and they were sickened that this was happening. And they said to me, we want to do something. One of the young ladies was going to be the ASWU president the coming year. And she said, we want to invite Whitworth to do something. We don't know what, but this is a problem and we care about it and we're going to go after it. And they said, but the first thing that we need is that we need you to help us pray. And with tears in all of our eyes, we sat there and we held hands and we brought our scraps to Jesus and said, our heart is breaking for this problem, for this sin. And I remember thinking, sex trafficking? You two 20-year-olds want to take on sex trafficking? That's something Jesus said. And after we prayed, I looked at him, and I said, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do first? And one them stood up, and she said, I'm going to see Beck. And she literally, <laughs> she, it, she did. She literally, the next day, went and saw Beck. And she created a vision of what she wanted this campus to do. And by the fall, you guys, by September of that year, the Unite campaign was launched. She had a speaker flew in from California. Her name was Min Dang. She had survived a life of being trafficked, and they had Beck allow her to speak at convocation. The president's offer sponsored the speakers to come in an effort to kick off a year-long awareness program for human trafficking. They connected with World Relief. They connected with Partners International. They connected with Project 619 they created a dream workshop. They were in two of the high schools, inviting high school students to come and participate. They partnered with Generation Alive and three of our own students were completely funded to go to a not-for-sale conference in San Francisco. When they came back, they led a poster campaign and they put posters all over the city in places where they knew that some of these young girls might see a poster that would provide resources where they would be helped. Where does your heart break? When you look out on the world, what hungry people do you see? And you may say, Mitty, I don't know, I don't know, that question's too big. Okay, here's real practical. When you're looking through your feeds, Your Facebook feeds, your news feeds, what article do you open? Which one stops you? Oh, I'm going to read about that one. I care about adoption. I know somebody with special needs. Black Lives Matter. I want to read about that. What makes your heart break? That is where we start. The Pope said before Lent started, instead of giving up chocolate or alcohol, or cussing for Lent, fast from indifference. Do something. Feed my sheep, he says to Peter three times. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. His promise is that if we show up, he will bless it. He will bless it. And it may not need to be this year-long campaign, you guys. Not all of us have that in us. It may be, who do I need to feed today? Who do I need to encourage? Who do I need to forgive? Jesus the Christ says, with me, all things are possible. Maybe today you're feeling alone or feeling at the end of your rope wondering about your future or your purpose. How is my life going to matter? We come to Jesus and we say, I got nothing. And his command to us is to keep looking. Keep looking. Whatever it is, whatever scrap or, or sardine or mustard seed Bring it to me, he says, and you and I together will feed the world. Trusting that all along this journey, he will continue to whisper in our ear, I will always be with you till the end of the world. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, amen.